Good morning, everybody. How amazing was that worship song? Those words, my God will overcome, is what really stood out for me. This morning, I'm going to be speaking to you about confidence in prayer. And you know, when we started the series of prayer, the Lord gave me such a clear picture of what I believe prayer can be compared to. And I had a picture of a baby growing inside his or her mom's womb. And as you know, a baby's attached to the mom's womb with the umbilical cord. And that umbilical cord gives the baby all the nourishment that it needs. And it's literally attaching baby to his or her life source. And I believe prayer is exactly like that. Prayer is that which connects us to our very life source, which is having an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. So today, I'd like to speak to you about confidence in prayer and what it means to be confident in praying. And I looked up the word confidence, and the word confidence means literally the feeling or belief that one can have faith in or rely on someone or something. And today I want to speak to you about what it means to be fully reliant on our life source, on our Heavenly Father. And I just want to quickly show you a picture that Josh drew. For those of you who don't know, my son Josh, he's almost 19 now, but he drew this when he was about six or seven in grade one. So there's a picture. I know you probably can't see it, but Donnie will put it up on the screen. And as you can see, there's a little guy praying. And when I saw this picture, it literally just came up um, the other day. I was reminded of a saying that says, get on your knees and fight like a man. And our confidence comes when we are praying. And yes, there are times when we will be on our knees, but it doesn't mean we have to be on our knees. Praying is communicating with God. And the one thing I love about communication is we don't always have to use words. Now, for somebody like me, that's a big thing because I love to talk, but there are times when I chat to Rick and because we know each other so well, we don't even have to use words. Like we'll be in a, a room full of people and everyone will be speaking and we'll just glance over and look at each other and we'll know exactly what the other person is thinking. And sometimes that's the best form of communication. And you know, our Heavenly Father communicates that way to us too. He knows each and every one of us literally so intimately. So he will know how to communicate to us. The Lord speaks to me, yes, through words, but a lot of the time he speaks to me through numbers and through symbols, through creation. It's not always an exchange of words. So prayer is communicating. So today I want to speak to you about what it means to be confident when we communicate to the person who's our life source. So the way I'd like to encourage us is by looking at three individuals in the word. And um, the first person I'd like to look at is Daniel. Now, we all know the story of Daniel. And before I carry on, can I just encourage the children, if you're listening to this, boys and girls, why don't you grab a pen and a piece of paper and draw? As I speak, draw. I'm not going to tell you what to draw. You can ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to draw. Okay, so grab your piece of paper and your pen and you can start drawing. So as I said, I'm going to speak to you about individuals who were confident in praying, but also they were confident in who they were as individuals. And I believe it was because of their connection, their connection with God. And as we've heard over the past couple of weeks with this prayer series, prayer connects us to God. So pretty much our confidence comes from the connection that we have with God. 
Okay, so let's have a look at Daniel. Daniel, as you know, um, he had a gift of interpreting dreams and of understanding visions. And obviously that gift came from, came from God. And as a result, God promoted him to a place where he was serving um, as a trusted advisor of King Darius. Now, Daniel prayed three times a day. And despite the fact that there was a law that was passed um, to say that he couldn't pray, literally the day that law was passed, he went home and he prayed and he actually went and asked God for help. But you can see that he was so confident in who he was because he knew who he was as a son and he had a connection, a special connection with God. So the first thing he did was he went home and he started praying. And as a result, he was thrown into a lion's den. Now, I'm sure many of you have seen what lions look like, especially here in Africa. Lions are not your normal, typical house cat, all right? I'm sure it was a very scary experience being thrown into a lion's den, but yet he remained confident. And I just want to read just a portion out of Daniel 6. At first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Can you hear the confidence in his voice when he said that? He literally goes on to say, O king, my God sent an angel. That speaks to me of the confidence that he has in the individual that he's in relationship with, the person who he is connected with. And, you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm reading that scripture, I'm just reminded, when I was praying and preparing this message, I literally felt that there are individuals that find themselves in a very difficult situation. And I just want to speak to you just for a moment before I continue. You may not literally be in a lion's den, but you feel very overwhelmed. You feel as if you're faced with a situation that almost seems impossible. And I want you to know that with God, all things are possible. And despite how the enemy is trying to make you feel fearful, I want you to know that God is right there. He's got his angels with you too. And the same way that Elisha prayed, in 2 Kings 6, you can go read that on your own if you want to. Elisha prayed and he said, when his servant was afraid, he said, Lord, open up his eyes that he would see who is for him. And I pray today that the Lord would open up your eyes, that you would see who is for you. And in fact, when I bring back this picture that Josh drew when he was so little, I don't know if you see, but in this um, window frame, we can see Jesus and two angels. And you know, that speaks of confidence because we are surrounded by angelic hosts that are there to protect us too. So I really trust and pray that the Lord would encourage your heart. But the one thing that sticks out for me with Daniel is that he was not afraid of the opinions of man. And that, I believe, comes from his connection with his life source. So I believe that as we pray, as we spend time with our Heavenly Father, the fear of man will have no place in our lives. And I can speak quite confidently when I say it's, I'm sure all of us have faced the fear of 
man at some point in our lives. But when we get to be with the Lord and we are connected with him, it's like the fear of man just dissolves. Okay, so I trust that encourages your heart. The second person I want to look at today is the life of Noah. And I want you to see how incredibly confident Noah was. Now, you all know the story of Noah. God speaks to him and God was really grieved at the wickedness that had entered the world. And so God spoke to him and said that he was going to send a flood to literally wipe out all the sin and the wickedness. So God instructed Noah to build an ark. Now, you can imagine, it had actually never rained from the sky before. The water actually came up from springs from, from underground. So I'm sure many people thought that Noah was crazy. Can you imagine what people said to him? Maybe the insults they hurled at him or the um, funny comments they made, but Noah was not deterred. He knew that he had heard from God. Why? Because he was connected to his life source and he literally followed the instructions that God gave him. And in Genesis 6 verse 22, it actually says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And you know, when I read that, I just thought, when we pray, God instructs us what to do. So prayer is communicating. But if you think about communication, it's not a one-way thing. It's two-way. We speak, but then we need to listen and hear what it is God is saying to us. And you know what, folks? So often we carry on with life without even consulting the Lord on the things that we we need to actually consult him on. We make decisions and then we include him after we've made the decision. But may I encourage you today, can we be like Noah, where we actually say, Lord, will you give us specifics of what we need to do? And I'm just reminded of a time where I was gonna go for a, a counseling session and um, I went to the individual to make the appointment. And before I made the appointment, I actually looked at the person and I said, mm, you know, May I just ask you quickly, do you think it's important or, or necessary to do this? And without a moment, she looked at me and she said, well, what did Holy Spirit say? And can I be honest, as she said it to me, I was like, and I sat down and I actually repented. I said, Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. I didn't even ask you if I should do this. And I asked him and he told me that I needed to. And then I was able to book my appointment. But you know, since that day, which was almost about nine years ago, I realized that there were many things that I did in my life that I never actually asked the Lord about. So I wanna ask you to, today to be like Noah, to consult him and ask the Lord, Lord, can I have specifics? Things like your involvement in projects at school or if you're a parent or, um, a work-related decision, or whether or not you need to move house or move country. Or My question to you is, have you asked Holy Spirit? Because we speak, we speak, 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 but how often do we stop and listen? The Word of God tells us in Psalm 46 verse 10, be still, be still, and know that I am God. May He be God in every decision that we make. May we hear what it is he wants us to do. So if you look at the life of Noah, he followed specific instructions, and I trust that we will do the same. He did so, and he was confident because of his connection, the connection that he had with his life source. So that's Noah. 
the third person I want us to have a look at, and, and let me just say, there are many people that we can look at. I mean, the Bible, the Word of God is full of people that, that were connected um, to God through prayer, but I'm just touching on these three individuals. The third person is Elijah, and this one really speaks to me quite a lot, and there's quite a big portion of scripture that I want us to read together um, now, but if I can just encourage you to stay focused, because I want to just bring something um, out of this portion of scripture. But Elijah, just to give you a little bit of background, was a prophet who lived in the northern part of Israel, and this was during the, the reign of King, King Ahab. And um, Elijah stood up for what was right. He was bold, and I believe his boldness, once again, his confidence came because of the connection that he had with God. Now, just so that you know, he goes to speak to Ahab, and okay, let's read the scripture together, and then I'll, I'll touch on it. I'm reading from 1 Kings 18, verse 28 to 39. So it says from verse 17, he says, it says, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, this is King Ahab, he said, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Now, he was actually called a troublemaker because he had been to Ahab before and he had said to him, it will not rain until I say so. He was pretty much saying, until you turn away from your wickedness, it will not rain. So now it had been three years and he went back to, to, to see Ahab. And then verse 18, I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals, which were false gods. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel was Ahab's wife. And just so that you know, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the story, I encourage you to go and read it. But Jezebel had actually had all the, the prophets of God, she had had them executed. So um, Obadiah, who was actually um, uh, um, somebody who helped in Ahab's um, court, he had actually hidden a hundred of God's prophets away in caves. He had put 50 in one cave and 50 in another. So let's just keep reading. Verse 20, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the, the prophets, these are the false prophets, on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and he said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophet choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do, do not light the fire. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. I'm going to repeat that, from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. 
Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thoughts or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, your name shall be Israel. Verse 32, with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seers of seeds. He arranged the wood, he cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed. Now I want you to listen to what Elijah said. Listen to the confidence that he speaks with. Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I'm your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burnt up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Now, how incredible is that portion of scripture? Here we have Elijah, he's on his own. 450 false gods standing around. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Being on his own. Guess what? He was confident. Why? Because he was connected to his life source, to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the maker of the heavens, to the maker of the universe. That's who he was connected to. That's where his confidence was in his God. So he waited. He let them do what they felt they needed to do. And in fact, when I read that, I thought, wow, he let them go on for quite some time. And did you see what they had to do? They had to shout louder, they danced, they prophesied, they even slashed themselves with swords. And then what did Elijah do? He just prayed and he stood back and he allowed God to do it all. And that's the part that sticks out for me. If I can just say that we don't have to do anything to make anything happen. You know, it's not as if Elijah was thinking in his mind, oh, I need flint, I need, I need, well, he didn't, wouldn't have had a match, but anything to start a fire. No, he relied on God. His confidence was in God. He knew that God was going to come through. And can I just say the reason for doing that was to turn their hearts back to God because they had turned their hearts away from him. And I just feel today 
there are individuals here. You've, I feel like there's some individuals who've experienced disappointment. And I want you to know today that God wants your heart to turn back to him. You don't have to do anything in your own strength. Can I just say, stop striving. Stop striving. You just have to be a son and a daughter. And when you get that revelation of the rest of being a son and a daughter of the Most High God, anything is possible. He was able to, to step out in confidence and boldness because he knew who his heavenly father was. And I want you to know today, your heavenly father loves you so much. He cares for you. He knows the situation that you are faced with today. He knows, if I can just reflect back on the three people that I've spoken about today. If you think about Daniel, Daniel did not worry about the opinions of man. I feel like there are people today, you feel trapped by the opinions of man. You know, there was a, there's a saying that says, some people are slaves to the opinion of man. And I feel like the individuals today, you're so worried about what other people think. Can I say to you today, get connected to your life source. Because when you are connected to him, the fear of man will literally disintegrate. That was Daniel. He did not worry about what man thought. He knew how important it was to stay connected, despite being told he was going to be thrown into a lion's den. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God will be with you in that situation. If we look at the life of Noah, people laughed at him. They scoffed at him. He did not worry about what man said, but he followed the instructions, specific ones, I might add, as to what God told him. And I want to say to you today, do whatever it is the Lord tells you to do. And that might mean putting aside your fear of man and stepping out in faith to do what God tells you to do. And at this moment, I'm just reminded of when Mary listened to what Jesus said and she turned to the servants at the wedding when Jesus turned water into wine and she looked at the servants and she said, do whatever he tells you to do. And I want to say that to you today. Do whatever he tells you to do. Because when you obey, you will see the miracles happen. And then lastly, Elijah. I really believe today God wants to almost cause a boldness and a confidence to rise up inside of you to do what is right. Elijah did what was right in the sight of God. And I'm going to be as bold right now to say that, you know, we might not necessarily be worshipping an idol of some sort, you know, a statue. But I do believe that some of us have those so-called idols in our lives. And may I say today, what is the idol that is in your life? Is there something that is taking up your attention more than the attention of your heavenly father? He desires to be in intimate relationship with you. He desires an intimate connection with you. What is stopping that? I'm not going to put a name to it. As I'm saying that, I know Holy Spirit is highlighting things to you right now. And I believe he wants to minister into those areas. I just want to touch on a part of that scripture right now in 1 Kings 18 verse 21. And I'm saying this, and I'm saying this prophetically. 
over some individuals that are listening today. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. And I'm going to say that again. How long? How long will you waver between two opinions? I feel like there's a tug of war going on for some of you. You've got one foot in the world and one foot with God. And I feel like the Lord's saying to you today, how long will you waver between two opinions? And I want to pray for you today because I believe there's a strong pulling. Holy Spirit is saying, come back, come back to me. I feel like the Lord wants to rekindle a love inside of your heart for him. I believe the individuals here today, you're hearing me speak and you're saying, I don't have that connection. I don't have that connection with him. I, I speak, but I'm not hearing him. And let me just say this to you. He is speaking. But sometimes because we've ignored that still small voice over and over, we can't hear him anymore. It's like if somebody whispers to you, if I can use this illustration, I feel like he's spoken to you before and he goes, he speaks, but he speaks in a still small voice. But when we ignore it, it's as if that voice gets quieter and then he speaks and you ignore it and eventually he's speaking like this, but you can't hear him. All you need to do is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for ignoring your voice. And you know, if you've, if you've ignored that still small voice, you will know. And all you need to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I will tell you right now, you will hear his voice loudly and clearly again. I believe he's calling us to that deeper place of intimacy with him. And we're doing this, this series on prayer. It's to connect us to our life source. We can do nothing without him. I'm reminded of a scripture in John 15, verse 5. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's stop trying to do things in our own strength because it's fruitless. You know, I'm sitting in a room with bright lights, I might just add. These lights are connected to an electrical socket. If I pull that plug out the wall right now, this room goes dark. And it's the same with our relationship with the Lord. If we are not connected to our life source, there is no power. So may I have a moment now just to pray with you. But before we pray, I'd like to play you a song. This song has ministered to me so deeply in the past and I really felt impressed on my heart to play it for you. Won't you take a moment? I've, I've actually chosen the version with lyrics so that you can read the lyrics. But just position yourself for a moment with him. You've heard everything I've said today. In fact, not what I've said because I believe this word is from the Lord. You've heard what Holy Spirit is saying to your heart today. Allow him to speak to you through this song. And then I'm going to take a moment to pray with you afterwards. <laughs> 